It's Tuesday, and you know what that means. It's a new episode with the Murder Bucket Podcast. Good evening, Murder Bucket family, and welcome back to this glorious Tuesday. I am so glad that it's finally getting warm outside. We have a mini episode for you tonight, so let's go ahead and get started. The Sultana Steamboat set sail for the first time on January 3rd, 1863. It was 260 feet long and 42 feet wide. The two side-mounted paddle wheels were driven by four fire tube boilers. Each fire tube boiler was 18 feet long and 46 inches in diameter. They each contained 24 5-inch flues that ran from the firebox to the chimney. Many steamboats at that time were constructed of wood and covered with paint and varnish, which meant that fires were a concern. Captain James Mason of St. Louis, Missouri, began the journey from St. Louis to New Orleans on April 13, 1865. When Sultana reached Vicksburg, Mississippi, Captain Mason was approached by the chief quartermaster at Vicksburg and offered a proposal. Thousands of recently released Union prisoners of war who had been held in the Confederate prison camps at Cahaba and Andersonville, had been brought to a small parole camp outside of Vicksburg to await release to the northern states. The United States government would pay $2.75 per enlisted man and $8 per officer to any steamboat captain who would take a group north. The chief quartermaster suggested that he could guarantee Captain Mason a full load of about 1,400 prisoners if he would agree to give him a kickback. Mason quickly agreed to his offer, hoping to gain much money through this deal. The Sultana was only rated to carry about 376 people, but was overloaded with 2,130 Union soldiers, guards, captain passengers, and crew members. The men were packed into every available space as all cabin spaces were already filled with civilian passengers. The Sultana spent two days traveling upriver. They stopped in Helena, Arkansas on April 26 for a photographer to take a picture of the overcrowded steamboat. At around 7 p.m. that day, they arrived in Memphis, Tennessee. Here, about 120 tons of sugar was offloaded. Around midnight, they left Memphis to travel upriver a short distance. Just seven miles north of Memphis at around 2 a.m. on April 27, 1865, a patch in the boiler suddenly and violently exploded. It killed 400 to 500 men instantly. A split second after the first boiler exploded, two others exploded. The debris tore through the crowded decks above and destroyed the pilot house, instantly killing Captain Mason. The Sultana began to drift without a captain to steer it. Many passengers were flung overboard due to the explosion. The smokestacks fell after being weakened. The forward part of the upper deck collapsed and fell into the middle deck, killing several people. Many soldiers dove into the water, but because they were weak from being in prison, they began to cling to each other and went down in groups. A southbound steamboat called the Bostana arrived at around 2.30 a.m. and began to rescue survivors. 
Several survivors floated downriver toward Memphis and were rescued by docked steamboats and warships. The Sultana ended up sinking six miles downriver near Mound City, five hours after the explosion. The exact death toll is unknown, but it is estimated that 1,169 people died in the explosion. A month after, Brigadier General William Hoffman completed his investigation into the disaster and reported that the total loss was closer to 1,238 people. The dead soldiers were interred at the Fort Pickering Cemetery located on the south shore of Memphis. A year after, the bodies were moved to the recently established Memphis National Cemetery. Roughly 760 survivors were treated at several local hospitals in the area. Of these people, only 31 of them died between April 28th and June 28th. In December of 1885, the survivors that lived in Indiana, Michigan, and Ohio began meeting up for annual reunions. This eventually turned into the National Sultana Survivors Association. By the mid-1920s, only a handful of the survivors could still attend the reunions. In 1929, only two men attended. The last northern survivor, Private Jordan Barr, died on May 16, 1938, at age 93. And the last overall survivor was Private Charles Eldridge, who died on September 8, 1941, at age 96. The official cause of the Sultana disaster was determined by the mismanagement of water levels in the boilers, exacerbated by the fact that the vessel was severely overloaded and top-heavy. As the steamboat made her way north following the twists and turns of the river, she leaned severely from side to side. Her four boilers were interconnected and mounted side by side so that if the boat tipped sideways, water would tend to run out of the highest boiler. The fire still going against the empty boiler created hot spots. When the boat tipped the other way, water rushing back into the empty boiler would hit the hot spots, flash instantly to steam, creating a sudden surge in pressure. This effect of careening could have been minimized by maintaining high water levels in the boilers. The official inquiry found that the boilers exploded because of the combined effects of careening, low water levels, and the faulty repair made just a few days earlier. The most recent investigation into the cause of the disaster by Pat Jennings, principal engineer of Hartford Steam Boiler Inspection and Insurance Company, which came into existence in 1866 because of the Sultana explosion, determined three main factors that led to the disaster. Number one, the type of metal used in the construction of the boilers. He states that charcoal hammered number one tends to become brittle with prolonged heating and cooling. Charcoal hammered number one was no longer used to manufacture boilers after 1879. Number two, the use of the sediment-laden Mississippi River water to feed the boilers. The sediment tended to settle on the bottom of the boilers or clog between the fuse and leave hot spots. And number three, the design of the boilers. The Sultana had tubular boilers filled with 24 horizontal 5-inch flues. Being so closely packed within the 48-inch diameter boilers tended to cause the muddy sediment 
to form hot pockets and were extremely difficult to clean. Despite the magnitude of the disaster, no one was ever formally held accountable. Captain Frederick Speed, a Union officer who sent 1,953 paroled prisoners into Vicksburg from the parole camp, was charged with grossly overcrowding Sultana and found guilty. However, the judge advocate general of the United States Army overturned this guilty verdict because Captain Speed had been at the parole camp all day and not personally placed a single soldier on board the Sultana. Captain George Williams, who had placed the men on board, was a regular Army officer and the military refused to go after one of their own. Captain Hatch, the chief quartermaster in Vicksburg, who had concocted a bribe with Captain Mason to crowd as many men onto the Sultana as possible, had quickly quit the service to avoid a court-martial. Captain Mason of Sultana, who was ultimately responsible for dangerously overloading his vessel and ordering the faulty repairs to her leaky boiler, had died in the disaster. This resulted in no one ever being held accountable for what remains the deadliest maritime disaster in United States history. In 1982, a local archaeological expedition led by Memphis attorney Jerry Potter uncovered what was believed to be the wreckage of the Sultana. Blackened wooden deck planks and timbers were found about 32 feet under a soybean field on the Arkansas side, about four miles from Memphis. The Mississippi River has changed course several times since the disaster, leaving the wreck under dry land and far from today's river. The main channel now flows about two miles east of its 1865 position. Several monuments and historical markers to Sultana and her victims have been erected in Memphis, Tennessee, Muncie, Indiana, Marion, Arkansas, Vicksburg, Mississippi, Cincinnati, Ohio, Knoxville, Tennessee, Hillsdale, Michigan, and Mansfield, Ohio. In 2015, on the 150th anniversary of the disaster, an interim Sultana Disaster Museum was opened in Marion, Arkansas, the closest town to the buried remains of the steamboat across the Mississippi River from Memphis. And that concludes tonight's episode. I hope you enjoyed. Have a wonderful evening. I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. Be sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.